Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakers Silver Screen and Roll Podcast. What's going on, Alex? How are we doing today? Uh, everything's good, Alex. How's it going with you? It's always fun to say, what's going on, Alex? And not and not feel like a weirdo talking to myself. <laughs> it's like I'm talking to you. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. If I, I, I listen back to the, the podcast sometimes, when I say that, it's still kind of weird on my end, yeah. too. So yeah. I'm taking some, I, uh, getting used to. I have one roommate here where I live, and his name is also Alex. So my life is full of Alexes all over the place. It's very interesting. Yeah, we got to get all the Alexes on a podcast <laughs> somehow and do something like that. We're going to strain it out. Well, you know what? Um, last week we were like, what are we going to talk about? Because we're doing this thing on silverscreenandroll.com where we're profiling individual players or coaches or front office members for the for the podcast during the offseason. Um, and last week, I don't even know. I think we were talking about like Anthony Davis's introductory press conference or something like that. Not very newsy. And today, uh, we're going to start off with LeBron James which is always a great place to start for a Lakers podcast. But he is in the news today for multiple reasons. If you watch any of the talking head shows, well, let me ask you this, because I don't know. Alex, do you watch any of like First Take, Undisputed, anything like that? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I used to. <laughs> I used to a long time ago just because I would I would have to wake up early and there was nothing else on TV at that time but the news and, and that. But uh, no, yeah, I, I've, I've stopped watching that. Are, are you someone who watches that every day or – no. So <laughs> I was a fan of the show First Take when it was called Cold Pizza. Cold Pizza, yeah. Yeah, and when it was like a morning sports show, which I really enjoyed. And then they mm-hmm. went into this like debate thing because the first the, – Stephen A. and Skip Bayless were like only a small part of it. You know, they, they would debate for a couple minutes here and there. But now I guess it's two hours long. And then Skip Bayless is on Fox Sports now, and he has his own with Shannon Sharp. So the only time I ever watch it – was like this week, like Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvin went at it, like where they were both sweating and yelling at each other. Like I've seen <laughs> that on Twitter, but no, I don't watch anything. But if you do watch those shows, um, you probably um, saw a lot about LeBron James this week. We will get to him running on the court uh, for his son's AAU game and losing a shoe. Uh, we'll get to that soon. But I wanted to start with something that you sent me earlier today from ESPN.com which was a very interesting NBA off-season survey. Now, I don't know how you ran into it because I was on the internet all day today and I didn't see it anywhere until you sent it to me. But it's a survey where ESPN asked 20 coaches, executives, and scouts from across the NBA about a couple things in the NBA, around the NBA, excuse me. But the number one question on this survey is, who is the best player in the NBA right now? Now, do you want to take a guess as to who you – I mean, you probably already know. But if you're listening right now, you're probably like, oh, I know who it is. I mean, there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of votes for for probably Giannis. Who won the MVP last year? Uh, Giannis. So LeBron, Kawhi, James Harden, you know, Kevin Durant. Uh, You know, those are the names that would pop up, right? Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I'm not surprised by who was on the list, more of who was left off the list. And uh, right. so, which was which was LeBron, which is surprising because, you know, he's someone who throughout his career is just almost like a shoe in for any type of conversation when it comes to the best player in the league. And 
as someone who's in their 16th going on to the 17th NBA season, it's kind of expected that he's going to eventually kind of be left off that in that conversation. But even I, I just I'm writing something and something will be out soon about LeBron. And I kind of mentioned how although last year was considered a down year for him, he still put up like 28, 8 and 8 every night on a dealing with a groin injury and dealing with a roster that wasn't really set up to really optimize his skills so i mean i still think he's definitely a top you know five player in the league top five top seven maybe at the at the worst and i i'm just surprised he didn't get at least one vote i mean i don't know if it's a little biased on my end or if just i, I don't know like i i maybe i'm missing something but I, I think he's still in the conversation i don't know if he he can still be said he's the best player or he's you know head and shoulders above the rest in the competition i just know that in a playoff series i would rather have lebron than a lot of these guys yeah so the survey uh put Kawhi leonard as the best player in the nba Giannis at number two and james harden got the third most amount of votes but like you just said lebron james got no votes not even one vote of the 20 people asked and it's a, such a small sample and we don't know who which coaches which executives which scouts you know, we don't know who is voting on this, obviously, but when ESPN puts out a survey like this, it's going to get attention. And to not have LeBron James even get one vote was incredibly mm-hmm. interesting to me because, like you said, yeah, he w- he finally came back down to earth last year. And the only way that happened was a severe groin injury. And if, even with that groin injury, he still put up monster numbers, MVP-like yeah. numbers. So if he plays, say, I don't know, 60 games, 65 games you know look Kawhi Leonard only played 60 games last year I know he won the NBA title but he missed a, a ton of games for for rest and precautionary precautionary measures um if LeBron James plays that amount of games I think he's still in the conversation but because he missed so many and then they basically shut him down once the Lakers were out of the playoff contention mm-hmm. I just think it's incredibly shocking that he wouldn't even get one and I know recency bias is a thing I mean it's always you know you go to a game and it's an incredible game. It's like they go to overtime. You're like, oh, that was the best game I've ever been to. And of course, recency bias is a thing. Kawhi Leonard just took the Toronto Raptors to the NBA yeah. Finals and won. Giannis is the MVP. The James Harden one is the one that gets me too because I feel like he's such a one-dimensional player. I, I mean, as far as like he only plays on one side of the court, and I don't think anybody could disagree with that. So to say he's the best player in the NBA is just kind of like, oh, okay, sure. Um, Kevin Durant just did have an Achilles injury, but before that. I, how many people would put Kevin Durant in that conversation? Mm-hmm. Or Steph it's, Curry. Like or Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. Was there? Yeah. yeah. And Kawhi Leonard was never, ever, ever getting best player in the NBA talk until this playoff run. Like, maybe Charles Barkley said it to piss people off on NBA on TNT. <laughs> but, like, even then, Kawhi Leonard, like, does he strike you as the NBA's best player? Like, like in many ways, like, he's – you know he's such a good two like two way player that it's just he's just so effective and he does it in such a quiet way that he kind of does it under the radar where guys like Giannis are dunking on everyone and LeBron is just this athletic freak you know and then Curry is just making all these threes and when it comes to Kawhi he's just so kind of low key as when he does things and it, it's easy to overlook that and I think I, I, there's no debating he's definitely one of the best players in the league and I think it's just up to your opinion on how you view him personally if you consider him the best or not but like I said I, I still think in a seven game series a guy like the Braun is still someone you, you can depend on and rely on it's just we don't know how that is going to translate as he gets a little older here and 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this this poll would have changed much if the Lakers would have made the playoffs. Like, do you think if the Lakers would have made the playoffs, LeBron 100%. would have gotten some votes? One hundred percent. Like, yeah. not even close. I just think like, um, you know, LeBron didn't play any significant games down the stretch e- either. So, when was the last? You know, because he got hurt in Christmas. By the time he came back, it was like playoff mode activated. You know, the, all those memes. But they were really out of it, kind of, kind of early. So he only played 55 games. How many of those actually meant something? Yeah. Um, that's a big difference. But even if you're just looking at stats, if you just take away – if I show you blind stats, you tell me who's who. I'll tell you this. 26.6 points, 7.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists. That's player A. Player B is 27.4 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 8.3 assists per game. Now, who's that? That's player B. So – one of those players is LeBron James. One of those players is Kawhi Leonard. You tell me who's who. I I, I mean, LeBron's always going to have the better counting stats when it comes to these yeah. types of things. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, j- I mean, if counting stats, you know, can be kind of deceiving. But just looking at those numbers, it's crazy that, in, in like I said earlier, like it was a down year for him in a lot of ways, but he was still able to put up these numbers that are kind of unbelievable. And, and guys would kill to have numbers like he just posted last season. And, to say a guy who's what 34 35 just did that on a bad groin and a bad on a really young team with no shooters at all like it's going to be really exciting to see what he does with a roster that's actually built in his image and a guy like Anthony Davis beside him i i think people forget like somehow how good lebron james actually is yeah and i'm not going to sit here and be like pretend that i'm offended or upset by it because i i'm not i mean it's it's 20 people's opinion like you said but i just think if you ask the majority of people that follow the NBA, LeBron James is still, I would say, easily a top three player in the NBA. I mean, you can't really deny that. The numbers that he put up, even while hurt, even on a down year, it's they're so impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, obviously, that's when you start weighing in, and it goes back to the old boring, who's the best player ever in the NBA conversation. And then that, that's where people start weighing, well, Michael Jordan never lost the finals. Michael Jordan won six. LeBron, You know what I mean? So there's like, it's people's opinions. But if you just look at cold, hard facts, LeBron James is easily a top three player, however you want to rank it, a top player in the NBA. So, um, I mean, yeah, last year LeBron was a third-team selection. Kawhi was a second-team selection. Giannis was the MVP. So it's like you could really choose whoever you want, and you could back up your your argument like I just did with blind stats, you know? Like, So, anyways, it's, it's, it's just very interesting to me. Like, because I kind of feel now, I know the NBA is – heading into the season that is probably the most open it's been in what i don't know 10 years maybe like yeah i, I can't remember the last time there was there wasn't a legitimate favorite and i know that i know this is gonna sound stupid but i know the lakers are, are a favorite to to win like or like they're one of the top favorites to win the entire nba finals but i almost feel like they're a little bit of like an underdog i feel like the clippers <laughs> i feel like the yeah. clippers took a lot of the mojo away because they 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 got Kawhi. I think the the media is still going to cover the Lakers like 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 crazy. They're still going to be the top story in LA, but I almost feel like people are looking at the Clippers to be the team to beat, especially in LA and, and maybe in the Western Conference. So, I don't know if it's maybe maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe they're not like an underdog, but I kind of get that vibe that they might be going into the season like, you know what? Screw these guys. Like we can go and win this thing. 
I, I mean, I think for a lot of those guys on the, on the Lakers, they have a lot to prove. And even that same poll we were, we've been talking about, no one picked the Lakers to, to come out of the West, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, this whole league is just completely wide open now that Golden State is going to look different next year. And different guys are in different places and it's going to be really interesting to see who kind of comes out of it showing that they're the dominant team and I just think the regular season might be a little bit of like a fool's gold and that when it comes to the playoff series I think this the team who has like these two dominant stars are really gonna you know succeed so a, a, a team like the Clippers who has Paul George and Kawhi and that's just a really strong team with some good bench options. But I, again, the Lakers also have two stars on their team. So the Lakers, although not considered maybe the favorite in some people's eyes, are, are kind of, it's kind of weird to say they are an underdog, but based on all these polls and all these kind of early betting odds that it shows that some teams, you know, there's teams who are kind of favored ahead of them. And I think that's kind of cool. Like, I think the Lakers have kind of been the favorites for so many years. It's going to be kind of cool to, to root for a team that's a little bit of an underdog and have guys who you want to prove something that they can still play, like DeMarcus Cousins, and LeBron wants to prove he's not completely washed, and Anthony Davis wants to show that he can be the star player that a lot of people have missed out on because he's played in New Orleans and not in a big market. So I, I think that the Lakers as a team and as a franchise really want to prove something this year, and I think that's going to be exciting. Yeah, to bring up like just more about this survey, um, what was the best move of the offseason? None of the twenty voted for the yeah. Anthony Davis, <laughs> and then when you go back to the last question on the survey, on the survey, who's the conference champion in the West? The Clippers were the overwhelming favorite. Um, then the Nuggets, the Jazz, and the Rockets. The Lakers didn't even get a vote there. And then if you look at the NBA title, most people picked the Clippers to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting the amount of, I think, most polls, preseason polls, surveys, however you want to call it. I think as we get closer to the season, I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think you see a lot of people kind of jumping on that clipper wagon as good as we think the the lakers are going to do i still think the clippers are going to be a expert favorite so interesting just to see how that's going to shape up before the season gets going and once the season gets going uh we're recording here on uh taco tuesday i won't do my lebron james impression (laughs) but it is a taco tuesday night here you guys are probably listening on wednesday though um lebron james i just i did see his instagram i i'm not i'm not gonna like comment on lebron james's taco decisions because i'm sure he's uh-huh. still going like you know like diet still kind they're of a watching little subpar. He... they're a little oh, subpar though a little <laughs> those, those tacos are trash like i have yet to be impressed by any of the tacos that he that he's posted on instagram i love what he does i love that he has fun with it that he invites teammates over but my god lebron you live in la you can get a good taco dude and uh, online, they were showing that he might have been eating his tacos with the fork and knife, which oh, is uh, gosh. If that's something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's what I will say. If LeBron James is eating his tacos with the fork and knife, that needs to be getting as much attention as to what he did at his son's AAU game yesterday when he ran on the court and celebrated losing <laughs> a shoe after a sick dunk by one of the kids. I don't think he was even his kid. That it wasn't. Dunked. Yeah. Right. So LeBron James getting all this, you know, you know, trash talked about him because he celebrated so much about a dunk happening at his son's game um i, I just don't have enough energy to care you know like i i wish I, I as a lakers podcast host i feel like i should have a more of an opinion or I, I feel like i should be defending him more but it's so insignificant and it's so stupid lebron james is just on that level of superstar 
that everything he does will get analyzed, like me talking trash about his tacos. So I just don't have enough energy to care about him celebrating at an AAU game. No, I mean, say, like, I don't get how people could be upset about it or why they would care enough to be upset about it like it's like he's cheering on kids playing basketball like it's it's like i don't know what's next we're gonna get angry for people cheering on you know puppies or cats or you know it's just crazy how people are upset over this thing i mean he's at every game it seems like of his son's basketball game he's cheering on uh players that are even his own kids and it's just imagine how cool it is for these players these young kids to see lebron hyping them up after these like crazy plays like it'd be so cool so i mean yeah. i don't think anyone really cares except a few people online or something Jason like that yeah whitlock yeah I'll oh man yeah like, i don't whitlock yeah i don't get all this thing i i mean that's maybe why i kind of avoid these morning talk shows and stuff like that but yeah i don't i don't really know i don't really care like like you yeah i, I just like i find it kind of cool like he's so into it is running on the court celebrating like that a bit much yeah of course like if that was my dad, I'd probably be embarrassed, you know? But, mm-hmm. like, one of his son's teammates tweeted today a response to Jason Whitlock saying, like, like my dad's never been to one of my games. In fact, I haven't seen my dad in four years. We love LeBron. He's kind of like a dad to the team. I think it was that – that wasn't an exact quote. That's basically what the kid says. Like, I haven't even seen my dad in four years. Yeah. So, like, I, I just don't understand where the hate comes from. Like, it's a dad celebrating his son's team. He's proud of his – you know, like, it's – it's so stupid. Like I, I, I kind of didn't even want to bring it up, but I, we had kind of had to because it made so much noise on Tuesday that it, it's it's so stupid. Even if LeBron was still was not a Laker, if he was still being the ultra hated LeBron villain in Miami, I'd still be like this is so stupid. Like why are we why are people getting mad? I I don't understand. Like and I hope now he does it even more. I hope he gets in every layup line and I hope he like high fives every kid after a dunk on both teams. You know I really hope he like because we know one thing LeBron does is he leans into these things. So I hope he kind of just runs with it and just, and just goes crazy, makes a shirt about it and sells it <laughs> and gives the profits to the I heart. I, sure. I believe school or whatever. Yeah, so. definitely. All right. Well, that I think is the news for the day, unless you have anything else that I missed because uh, I, covered, do you have a, do you have a rant about tacos too? Cause I no, strong... no, we, we covered tacos. We covered his uh, fork and knife use. So we covered the kids. I think we're good. Yeah, for sure. Well, me and you, when we this whole profile thing started, um, I really wanted to talk about Kuzma, and then I asked you like, who do you want to talk about? Are you going to write about anybody that we can like just compliment our podcast with your article? And uh, we, I think we both wanted to do Boogie too, but Sasha's going to take Boogie, mm-hmm. so we ended up getting Alex Caruso, who you're going to profile later for SilverScreenRoll.com, right? Actually, I think so. I think Anthony took it. Alex. Caruso, Anthony took so. it. Yeah. Oh, we're just we're just getting taken everywhere. Yeah. Right here. You know, I think we might we might have to like put our foot down, dude. We might have uh, to unless, put our foot down. Unless you want to talk about Zach Norvell Jr., I'm gonna write about him. But oh wow, yeah. good luck to you. Yeah, I saw the <laughs> I saw the sign up sheet, and I was like, oh, we better we better sign up for a couple weeks in advance here. We might get stuck with some with like uh, the kid from Nevada. I forgot his name. Jordan um, Caroline, yeah, Caroline. Or I do might be I, him. I don't know. <laughs> I do have some. I do have some stories about Jordan Caroline because I've seen him play a bunch because San Diego State plays Nevada every year. That kid, well, oh boy. But anyways, <laughs> uh, that's for another another. You have to tell me off air. Yeah, um, 
I mean, you just got to Google his name, NCAA Tournament. You can see the madness for yourself. It's not that mm. hard to, to look it up. But we did get Alex Caruso, who I love Alex Caruso. And I think most people on Twitter that follow the Lakers, especially at Lakers SBN, um, we love Alex Caruso. I think the majority of fans, I'm just speaking as a fan, would love to see Caruso get significant amount of minutes with this new look roster. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I think everyone I, I interact with online and who, yeah, you know, whenever I write something online or in the comment section, uh, everybody loves Caruso. Like, it's, I don't know, it's really hard to not like Caruso. The guy just plays so hard and does so many little things that he, he's just very likable. He's like this like this cult hero for the Lakers that every, every couple of years there's this player who kind of gains this cult status and it's just Alex Caruso is the, the newest version of that. Yeah, and unfortunately for Alex Caruso, um, he is probably locked into the most interesting competitive position battle that the Lakers have. Um, it's already been reported that LeBron James will be the starting point guard this season. Um, whether how long that lasts, how many minutes he's going to get there, I'm not sure. But he's also behind Quinn Cook and Rajon Rondo, who did come back. Um, so there's prob- I would probably say he might be the third, fourth guy in line to get minutes. And I know that sounds like a bad thing if you're a Caruso fan. I'm not sure how many Rajon Rondo believers are still out there. Uh, I know I would love to see Quinn Cook and Caruso split the minutes when LeBron isn't playing, just to see what we have. I think I think we all know. I think the you know it's not a secret that Rondo's slowing down. He's been in the league for a long time. It's not a bad thing to say that you know he he's a ball dominant point guard. And when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis who can both you know control the ball. And I don't know if you saw Boogie Cousins' little Instagram today. It looks like he could oh, be the yeah. next point guard. So um, <laughs> when you have LeBron James, who lo- who is good with the ball, I think you need a, a point guard that can operate off the ball. And that was a lot of the discussion last year with Lonzo and LeBron. How can they coexist? Lonzo is a dominant, heavy point guard. LeBron likes having the ball. Uh, I think Alex Caruso fits that the opposite of that. I think Caruso, because of his size can work off the ball very well. Did you know Alex Caruso six foot five? First of all? Yeah. No, Holy no, crap. no. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he's sneaky. He's sneaky tall. Like he's sneaky, athletic, sneaky, tall, all those cliches. Like, yeah, like he, he's pretty athletic. Like he, you don't see it when you look at him like at all, but yeah, no, like he's got the physical measurements you, you would want in a point guard. Yeah, dude. Alex Caruso does not look like he's like a basketball player because of his looks. It just doesn't fit it. But he's got the body and size and athleticism to play point guard in the NBA. Last year, he showed it. Um, he played so well down the stretch in the last six games. He averaged 18.1 points and eight assists. So Alex Caruso signed a two-year, $5.5 million contract with the Lakers this offseason. He's not going to be playing in the G League anymore. He's not a two-way player anymore. He is a Laker now. He's going to be on your roster, on your bench, wherever you're going to put him. Alex Caruso, I don't think the Lakers gave him $5.5 million to sit on the bench, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you're going to sign a guy, especially when they were so strict with how much money they had and how much they were willing to distribute to free agents, like, if you're going to go out and sign Caruso to more than the minimum, like, I think that's a little more than what the minimum is for two years, then you definitely like Caruso and you definitely expect him to play. But like you mentioned, like... They have point guards on the team now. If it's LeBron carrying most of that offensive load, or if it's Rondo off the bench or Quinn Cook, like there's competition in that backcourt that Caruso is going to have to kind of overcome to get playing time. I'm just, I'm kind of afraid that he's going to get lost in the shuffle, especially like yeah. early on. But um, I mean, if if it was up to you, would you 
start Caruso? Would you start LeBron? How how would you handle the the point guard distribution there? Yeah, that's that's the exact same question I was going to ask you. It's like, how would you break down your point guard minutes? I think you're going to start the season with either LeBron starting at point or Rondo starting at point. I just think because this roster is so basically new, um, you kind of want like that veteran point guard to kind of come, you know, kind of control the tempo of the game, control where you want to move the ball. So as much as we've talked bad about Rondo, I would probably start the season with starting Rondo. Now the question is that's how long does that last? Um, And then, who do you want to back up Rondo? And I think I would like to see Caruso, although I wouldn't mind giving Quinn Cook, uh, you know, also significant minutes just to kind of, just to kind of see who excels with this particular roster. I mean, we, we, we kind of know all the other positions, how they're going to shape out. Mm-hmm. So the point guard one is the one with the most questions in my opinion. Um, I wish there was a better answer, but I just don't know with the report of LeBron James starting at point how does that front five or how does the starting five even shape up how do you think it shapes up if lebron starts at point i mean i'm assuming it's gonna be lebron uh ad maybe javel to start the season and then like an avery bradley or kcp in the backcourt or in the wing where lebron is just kind of initiating the offense but he's not defending point guards or anything like that like 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 we've always said like lebron's always been a point guard per se like he's always handled the ball and distributed most of the team's offense. Just he doesn't he's not gonna guard the point guard position. He's just gonna kinda initiate the offense. And it's kinda by necessity because although the Lakers do have a lot of these point guards now, none of them are kinda viable starters. I mean I, I think Caruso probably is the is probably the the guy who kinda fits that mold the best of any of the other point guards not named LeBron. I, I think he one hundred percent agree like, with you. Yeah, I think he defends the best of all the point guards they have currently on the roster and he shot it was a small sample, but he shot 48% from three last season, which uh, was up from 30% when he was a rookie. So, I mean, if, if he could shoot that well and defend and rebound and pass and just do all the little things you want on a, on a team that has these star players, I mean, I, I really just hope Caruso gets a chance to play along these guys because last season in those kind of small little tidbits we got with Caruso and LeBron, we kind of saw instant chemistry with those between those two, and I think... LeBron enjoyed playing next to Caruso because he's a really smart player and and he's got you know he does all these little instinctual things that you want on the floor but I don't know like Rondo as you mentioned he is the vet and he does have a lot of experience with with Boogie and AD and with LeBron now after playing a season with them so it's going to be interesting how Frank Vogel kind of distributes the minutes and what he values is it is he going to value a veteran or is he going to value maybe who deserves to be out there even if it's like a smaller name like Caruso. Right. So right now on ESPN.com, there is an unofficial depth chart and Yahoo sports has an unofficial depth chart right now too. They have LeBron James listed as a starter at the point guard, uh, Danny green at shooting guard, Kyle Kuzma. Danny green. Yeah, there you go. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, Kyle Kuzma at small forward, Anthony Davis, power forward and DeMarcus cousins at center. Um, now if it was up to me, I would definitely replace uh, Danny green with Rondo and have Rondo at the point and LeBron at the shooting guard just to start the season. But I also think, and it's funny to say because, honestly, we never hear about preseason position battles in the NBA. It's such a main storyline in baseball spring training and NFL preseason, you know, position battles. But I really do think that this year the Lakers are going to have that. I think the guys not named LeBron James, Anthony Davis, are really going to have to battle to see who's going to be playing the significant amount of minutes to start off the season with. Obviously, as the season progresses, it's a whole different story. But 
I really would love to see Caruso and Quinn Cook get a lot of minutes in the preseason. We know what Rondo could do, right? Like everyone knows what he can do. He's not going to come in here and surprise you and be faster all of a sudden, be a better defender and 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 not need the ball as much and be and although he did he was a decent three-point shooter on this roster last year, he's not going to be like a top-tier guy. Um so I would really, really love to see Quinn Cook and Alan Caruso get a lot of minutes in the preseason and let them battle it out because I don't think Rondo is the long-term solution even this season. I think it will start. He will get a lot of minutes early on. But as the season progresses, it's going to be either Quinn Cook or Caruso to, to get the backup minutes, don't you think? No, yeah, I, I would I would hope so. I think, I think you make a good point. I think Rondo, you, you know, they brought him back for a reason. I, I don't know how... How, how willing he'd be to kind of take a bench spot at this stage of his career if he's willing to do that. I mean, I would hope he would be, but I'm just not sure what's the plan or what they kind of discussed with him beforehand about coming back and if his role would be the same because he played kind of a hefty role last season when Lonzo was on was already on the team and LeBron was handling the ball and Rondo still got plenty of minutes. So, like you said, there's going to be a lot of good position battles going into training camp, like guys like Troy Daniels and Jared Dudley, who were kind of the first two guys to sign. We don't even know how many minutes those guys would play at all, and they were the first two who signed. So a guy like Caruso kind of proved that he's definitely an NBA player, and he's definitely a guy who can do things that this team currently lacks. Like, they need someone who could guard point guards. They need guys who can rebound at their position and kind of switch on defense and make an open three, and Caruso kind of proved that he can do that. It's just a matter of, if Vogel and if the front office and if the coaching staff trust Caruso enough to kind of catapult him over a guy like Rondo, who definitely has fans in the locker room and like Anthony Davis and LeBron. So I don't know, like I, I think in training camp and during practice, you, you know which guys play the hardest and which guys deserve to play, you know, significant minutes. And hopefully that just kind of bears out through the season. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the insurance, the assurances that Rajon Rondo was probably told or given. Um, once I figured out we were going to do Caruso, I started doing like a deep dive on the internet to see like what articles are out there about Alex Caruso, if any. And there is an article out there right now from his uh, college newspaper because he has a camp going on at Texas A&M right now. And uh, it was just a direct quote from Alex Caruso saying, I've been, in, I've been assured an opportunity to get minutes, and I think I complement this team very well. But obviously, nothing is given to you. So he's even had assurances to get minutes. What that yeah. means, I don't know. Obviously, you know, there was some talk that he may not come back to the Lakers. He obviously chose to. I think he sees an opportunity in front of him to, to get some real minutes. And I, I don't know, man. I, I think maybe it was just, you know, at the end of a year where, you know, there's not much pressure on you. You're not really playing with the guys that you're supposed to be playing with. And you excel in a low-pressure situation. You know, it's a similar conversation that we had about Kyle Kuzma. It's it's one thing to put up um, stats on a bad team. It's another thing to put up those stats when you're competing in significant or important games. So, you know, was it just flukish what we saw with Caruso? Because, you know, it was kind of just casual basketball. Hey, if we win, lose, doesn't matter. We're out of the playoffs and I'm, and I'm kicking ass. It's kind of like KCP kicked ass at the end of the season yeah, last year. I was just going to break him up. <laughs> He's like so, the perfect example of that. Right. So I, it's it's one of those things where pressure decides a lot of the way people play. The mental aspect of the game is, is such a huge thing that, that we can't quantify with numbers or stats. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out at the point guard position. Um, I mean, I think, you know, in an ideal world, yeah, Caruso and Quinn Cook turn into an amazing point guard, uh, you know, depth chart. 
but you never know how it's going to work out. Um, but yeah, I think the season should start with Rajon Rondo starting as much as weird as it is to say after oh, all the man. bad I talked about him, but I do think it should be Rondo to start and then we go from there. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I, I mean, I just, I'm over this Rondo experiment. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you're but right and he does. But start, the only reason but... I say that now is because of Boogie and AD and his and his experience sure. with them. So to get the the ball rolling, I think Rondo is the best with the what they have now. Now, if the roster was still had all the young guys from last year, I would be like, hell no, no, it's got to be Caruso, it's got to be Lonzo. You know, that's it. So obviously, because of the roster change, that's why I say it. Not because of Rondo the player, but because of Rondo and what in his experience with the roster now sure and i'll say this like if they're gonna experiment with rondo or kind of give him that starting spot i would kind of hope it's in the beginning of the season opposed to later in the season so they can kind of see how it how it's going and if it works or not and then they can make a change midway during the season and and not kind of go back to rondo towards the end i would rather than try it out early and kind of say you know what we tried rondo out he just doesn't have it anymore let's give a guy like caruso or quinn cook a chance now and i think that that's that can kind of be the safest way to handle all the egos in the locker room that way yeah do you think that would you prefer let's say let's say they start off with rondo right and this is just a complete hypothetical obviously because we don't know how it's going to shake up but um in your ideal world who's backing up rondo is it quinn cook or is it caruso I mean, I, I, if Caruso isn't starting, I want him to be the backup. I, I think Caruso is, like you mentioned, like we don't really know how legit or how real Caruso is because every time we see him, it's kind of these like five game stretches and then he doesn't play for a month, you know, and he kind of shows out when the stakes are low, like you mentioned, if it's either like in a summer league game or if it's in the end of the season where he just kind of balls out. But uh, I think Caruso's kind of at least earned a chance to get a chance like that chance to prove that he can be a legitimate rotation player and i hope the lakers you know give him a fair shake at it and and let him at least kind of prove that he can handle that responsibility but it's weird because you know they also signed a guy like quid cook to a multi-year deal like caruso so they have kind of confidence in both players it's just a matter of i guess who wins out in training camp and during preseason I am. I kind of hope during preseason we see LeBron with both players, and then kind of see who, who kind of gels the best with LeBron mm-hmm. before we kind of make a decision. Yeah, um, in that case too, like Caruso already has a leg up on Cook. He's already played with some of this team. Sure, I I think that Cook does have kind of a more proven track record when it comes to, you know, shooting and and kind of being an off ball player and and, and Cook's done it like, where. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and and LeBron's kind of had proven that he can win with goes with guys like that who kind of work off the ball and just catch and shoot. So Cook kind of proved that he's been able to do that in Golden State. So I don't know. I mean, I would kind of hope Caruso gets the, that majority of the backup minutes, but I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, how about you? Would you go Caruso or would you go Cook? You know, it's, it's I would I would go Caruso because I, I want to see what he can do. And I want to see what he can do with a full roster. Um, obviously Quinn cook has been in the biggest stage. He's got a, he's got a championship ring. He was in the finals this year, playing significant minutes with all their injuries that the warriors had. So he's been there. He's done that. He wasn't the best player. He wasn't, you know, a, a key piece to their championship or anything like that, but, um, he was there and he was playing in the finals. So he has that experience that Caruso does not have. Caruso has been playing in small gyms in El Segundo for the last two years. So yeah, I, I would like to see what Caruso can do. 
but I think in the beginning, I can only talk about the beginning of the year because it's so hard. To, you know, we never saw LeBron James' injury coming. So yeah. I think in the beginning of the year, I got to go Rondo and Cook to start it off. As much as I want to see what Caruso can do, unless he has an incredible preseason, like we've said before, um, unless he absolutely dominates preseason where he, does, he, he doesn't even give you the option to bench him, where you're like, all right, I have to play this guy. So um, he did say in that same article in his, in his in hometown newspaper, he's like, you know what? Without Luke Walton, I probably wouldn't be a Laker right now. You know, Luke Walton gave me the opportunity, believed in me. I don't know if Frank Vogel – he didn't say I don't know Frank Vogel, but I'm saying like he doesn't know if Frank Vogel all believes in him like Luke Walton did. So I know that Rob Palinka did and the front office did, but I don't know if Frank Vogel is a big believer in Caruso. So that's another thing to see. Um, but, yeah, I think I would probably go with Rondo and Cook to start the season just because of the experience. And I think you, the Lakers team cannot afford to start off bad again. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Um, which is all the, also, though, I know this is totally off topic and nothing to do with Caruso and all this, but I, I was reading today, you know, Paul George isn't going to play probably till November, December. <laughs> I had no oh, idea. Really? I, did, I didn't I, read that. Oh, I had wow. no. I, I had no idea he had sh- uh, shoulder surgery on both shoulders. That, I mean, that's the thing. It's like we have all these kind. We've talked about these polls and these early betting odds. We just don't know like who gets injured, who's healthy every year. Like we we don't know with these guys. And the Clippers kind of are really banking on this Kawhi and Paul George thing in this kind of two three year window because they traded away everything for these guys. Basically, I mean. We kind of talk about how much the Lakers gave up for Anthony Davis, but the Clippers gave up maybe the craziest package ever for Paul George, and yeah. they they really need him to kind of be that for that star for only yeah. two years. Exactly. So I mean, I mean, if he's healthy and Kawhi's healthy, like that's one hell of a duo. But right. again, it, health ma- and then you know health management and player management going forward is going to be really crucial. And I think for the Lakers, we talk about how much different guys they have in different positions who kind of deserve minutes and hopefully that that helps if there's injuries along the season where they can kind of fill guys in and give guys days off and nights off and maybe a guy like Caruso starts a few games where Rondo kind of rests a week or Cook takes a couple days off so maybe that kind of helps the Lakers in a way that they have these different options at different positions to kind of fill in when they need them yeah I was gonna say like you can't afford to start the season slow because the Clippers are probably going to do well. But then that's the Paul George thing popped in my head. So now I really have no idea how the Clippers are going to start. Uh, But yeah, I just assume that the Lakers want to start fast, want to get some momentum going, want to, you know, the opposite of last year. I know they turned it around pretty quickly, um, but this is a veteran team and you never know how veterans are going to react to starting slow like that with a whole new team. Um, But yeah, I I would, you know, going back to it, I would (laughs) probably, I hate myself for saying it, but I'd probably go for Rondo and Cook to start, and then and then see what Caruso could, Caruso could do after. But yeah, and I I think also Frank Vogel is going to want to have a fast start here because he knows if the Lakers get off to a slow start, that his name's going to be in every article and every talk morning show about how his his uh, job he's on the hot seat and that Jason Kidd could take his job. So you know he's going to try to put the best lineups out there early on to make sure this team gets off to a hot start for for his own job security sake. So, yeah, I mean, I, mean I wouldn't be surprised if Rondo starts. Like, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I would kind of be disappointed if he does and I'd be a little upset. But I mean, it, again, if if it's an experiment, I'd rather it be at the beginning of the year than later in the year where we kind of know it doesn't work. Right, absolutely, 100%. Well, Alex, we did it. Another preview mm. that, or a profile. That was Alex Caruso. Um, and it's hard to talk about Caruso without talking about Rondo and Cook because, I mean, they're, 
like we I think we both agree that this this position is the one with the most question marks if you're a Laker fan. So um, sorry if it didn't feel like a Caruso profile, but it was one. <laughs> uh, you can catch Alex's work at Alex M Regla on Twitter. I'm at Alex Padilla 86 on Twitter. Um, we have a conundrum, Alex, that yeah. we've talked about off air, but now we're going to talk about it here and we're going to tweet it out too. Um, we need a show name because everybody, it seems on silverscreenroll.com that does a podcast, they all have a show name. I see, you know, I see all of them. So we don't have one. We've come up, we've tried to talk about it off air about what we want to name it, but we really don't have like a big winner yet. So uh, send us your thoughts of what we should name this show. We'll be with you every Wednesday. Both of our names are Alex. Have fun with that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so anything else you want to add to this week's pod, Alex? No, yeah, please, please uh, tweet at us or email us or anything like that. I mean, I, I mean, we should probably read out the the person who helps us out with that their name on on an episode or something. Cause, oh hell yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it's tough. Like we've been trying to, we've kind of gone a couple weeks thinking about it, and we kind of haven't come up with anything yet. So I guess I'll, I'll uh, I'm excited to see the the responses so far for this. Yeah, for sure. So send it to us at alexpd86 at Alex M Regla. Uh, we will de- I'll 100% shout you out if we pick your show name and we will tweet. I will tweet at you and we will become best friends and we will then. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh, Adrian Wojnarowski is now tweeting baseball news, by the way. That's weird. Um, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just I've never seen Adrian Wojnarowski retweet an MLB thing, but this is like a random one. But Adrian Wojnarowski now tweeting baseball news, everybody. Oh, sh- yeah. Trevor <laughs> Bauer just got traded to the Reds. Okay. <laughs> As part of a three-team deal oh, with there you my go. For you, San Diego Padres. Padres. So, wow. All right. But oh, you see, I saw Kawhi uh, at the Padres game. Uh, Yasiel Puig is headed to Cleveland, a former Dodger. So, wow. Whoa. Okay. We just broke right. a little baseball news for you guys. Look at too. us. Look at us. This is what happens when you throw a ball over center field. You get traded to Cincinnati <laughs> where everyone can hit a home run off you. That is funny. Uh-huh. All right. Let's see. All right, I'm reading it now. All right, I'm going to go read some baseball news, everybody. Uh, every week, right here, Wednesday, this has been a Silver Screen and Roll podcast. Soon to be whatever you name our podcast. Thanks, Alex. Oh, man. Thank you, man.